Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. To Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 144. Magic and Bounty Hunting. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my patient and understanding co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. Are you patient and understanding with me today, dear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the honesty. Hey, that's what I'm here for. So how you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, another little brief break since our last uh, podcast. Anything mm-hmm. exciting happened since then? Mm-hmm. No shows, nothing. We had something this weekend, right? You sent me over. South Jersey comic book. Oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's the little South Jersey Frankenstein, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. They've had it in different locations. It happens to be at the uh, Swedesboro Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Yeah. So didn't know if we wanted to do yeah, that. We might venture out for yeah, it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were supposed to have something this afternoon. Right. That Which was supposed to have been have last been week. Last week <laughs> but because of the weather, it got pushed out. And unfortunately, it's a, another crappy rainy day here in South Jersey. So yeah, yeah no outside again today. So that today, was going to be so. our labyrinth day, yeah. which we do each year. Yeah, our, our annual uh, venture to, to Souther, Jersey. Our, our pilgrimage <laughs> to the woods of... Woodbine or yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. unfortunately that that had to be. That's my one to... one chance a year to take the drone out. Yeah, some I know. Photography, and you do such a great job with that too. Yeah. So yeah, Not unfortunately, yeah. So oh, another well. time. I'm sure we'll 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 make up for it. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, it's not. No, no. We already talked about that. Okay. Today in our Disney Detective, we'll take a look at Magic Band Plus and some of the exciting new things they can unlock coming to a theme park near you. Uh, In our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, we'll take a look at an innovative new documentary coming out about the famed special effects house, ILM. And then we'll finish up with our review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, our first attempt to venture out to the movie theater after the pandemic. Well, it wasn't an attempt. We did it. Well, yeah. I mean, we attempted <laughs> first, and we succeeded. <laughs> our, our first successful outing into a movie theater since 2019. Now, whether or not it was worth it or not, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. And yes, it'll be spoiler ridden. So. Well, only late spoilers. It's not too spoilerish. I, if you haven't seen it, and I would, I, I don't think we talk. I don't have anything in the script that doesn't appear, with the exception of one thing, 
that doesn't appear to some extent in the trailer. All right. Well, here's your warning anyway, just saying. We'll give you another warning when we get to right. it. Right. So, you it's know. Not, we're not giving away the plot or anything like right, that. Right. But still, some people. And I'm vague in the spoilers that I do give. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. There's only one name drop in here that's not in the trailer. Okay. That is the only real spoiler. Okay. So that's your first warning. he doesn't warning. even show up in the movie. So it's not a spoiler other than he doesn't show up. Okay. First spoiler of, of okay. your warning. So. All right. Uh, but before we do that, I would want to invite our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us listed as Insights and Entertainment for Audio Podcasts, or you can find audio and video of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. You can find us anywhere you can get a podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc. <clears throat> I would also invite you to write in, give us your feedback, tell us how we're doing, tell us what you don't want us to talk about, <laughs> give us your suggestions. Don't tell us about spoilers. <laughs> give us your suggestions for uh, shows to plug in your area. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can hit us on Twitter at insights underscore things. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash podcast. On Instagram, we're at Instagram.com slash Insights Into Things, where you can get links to all those and much more on our official website at InsightsIntoThings.com. Are we ready? Sure. Here we go. So, it seems that Magic Band Plus is going to bring, uh, will be bringing Star Wars Bounty Hunts to Galaxy's Edge. So if you're like us and have made numerous trips to Disney World since they introduced their Magic Band uh, service, you probably have a wall <laughs> full of Magic Bands that you got for free. Uh, in recent years, Disney has stopped giving away the costly RFID tag holding items of and instead forced you to pay for them if you wanted to. Now, you don't actually have to get right. them, so... Do want to preface that. Um, that wasn't so bad since you could reuse all the ones that you already had and you didn't need to get a new one. Well, that might be changing with the introduction of the Magic Band Plus. The new Magic Band Plus is a wearable device similar to the original Magic Band, but these connect to the Play Disney Parks and My Disney Experience apps in both the parks and the hotels. So the initial implementation, which was demonstrated for journalists on May the 4th for Star Wars Day, was obviously Star Wars in nature. The band would allow you to pick up targets from a job board in the Galaxy's Edge area of Hollywood Studios. Using the Magic Band Plus and the app, you then play a game of hot or cold to find a bounty randomly assigned to you. You could be searching for droids, different species, or other scum and villainy around the specially themed area. As you would get close, the, bland would, the band would start to blink green, and as you got further from your target, it would turn red. So the Play Disney Parks app is there to keep you moving in the right direction so it's not too difficult. And then you can also drop your current target and pick up another one at the job board at any time. Uh, 
So the Magic Band Plus isn't just tied to Star Wars. It'll also be able to interact with the Fab 50 statues that they have throughout the parks. And there will also be light interactions during nighttime events. And also it's supposed to be compatible with Amazon's Alexa if you're using it in the yet unavailable Hey Disney Assistant. So how much is this entertainment or this enhancement experience going to cost? That's always my question when it comes to Disney. Disney hasn't released a price on the new bands just yet. Existing bands cost around $30 but vary depending on design. The Walt Disney World News Today blog apparently spotted some new ones on sale for $30. Apparently, they were inadvertently put on the shelf early and quickly taken down. The new models are battery-powered. They're rechargeable and come with a USB charger. It's unclear how long the charge will last, but obviously, it will depend on how much you're using them. If you're bounty hunting all day in, in Galaxy's Edge, they're not going to last all day. Fortunately, the bands are waterproof in case you forget you have one on and decide to go take a dip, which we used to do with the old Magic Bands mm -hmm. quite frequently. They're practical but stylish. At launch, there's expected to be 16 designs. Some will be solid colors. Others will have characters and designs. And yes, you can get a Baby Yoda-themed one. Uh, there are plans to bring the service to California's Disneyland, but no date has been announced. So what do you think of these? Do you think that this is the next evolution of this? Do you think that it's another money grab that we don't really need? And I think the biggest thing, too, is that, okay, so now you have to charge it. Right. So you're going to have people that are going to forget to charge it, I'm sure, you know, just like with their phone or, or whatever. So the other thing, too, is does it still work as your your magic band, even if it's not charged. And that's a good question. That was unclear in the research that I did for the, the Right, article. because the thing is, when you're at the park, if you're a resort guest, that's your room key, that's your charging uh, benefits, that's your, you know, your park tickets are linked to it. That's, that's it was your, your fast pass, too. I'm assuming you still need to scan with Genie Plus, right? Right, so because, again, everything is tied to, to that. So that would be my thing is what, you know, is it just the fact that it doesn't light up? Right. Is that what the power is for? Um, as we had, had talked before, I remember when for the 100th, you know, birthday celebration of Walt Disney, they had these special pins that you could buy. And the idea behind the pin was that they would be interactive. Right. So if you'd go on certain rides during certain scenes, there would be some RFID reader and your pin would start to light up. Or if you were watching the fireworks, they'd go off too. And it got to the point on some rides where people would just cover it up because it was kind of annoying in, right. in some respects so well, and it's similar to the the mouse ears that they had tied to the one light right show too right because with the mouse ears they were only tied to the light show they right. weren't tied to anything else so and that's one of the things you're saying is that this is going to be tied to some of the fireworks show some of the light shows right so you'll have interactions while you're watching these things right too. so i could see because obviously again we've gone you know throughout the years and so many times so they've had these kind of scavenger hunt games that were always free you never had to to pay for them so now it's like all right so if i want to play this game 
can I just use my phone with the app or right. do now I need... That's another interesting aspect to look at this. Because... Right. So do I need to have this cute new right. magic band? Now, fortunately, we have the two versions of the magic band. The the original, which was, uh, you know, just one band. And then the second version that they came out where it you had... You extract the you RFID. Could, and you could extract it and they made things so that you didn't have to actually wear it. You could have it as a keychain. We ended up finding somebody online... The watch band holder. ...that made it so that for people that actually had a smartwatch, so that this way, you know, you're not wearing all these, you know, so many different things on your wrist. So we have it, so we just put it on, um, you know, our watches so that, you know, you don't have to be bulky. So... You know, again, it's another thing to add to your wrist. So many people, again, have smartwatches. Are they going to really want to, you know? Well, and it's interesting because we've talked about the Genie Plus replacement for FastPass mm -hmm. and how it's so uh, phone intensive that right. there was a concern of people having to charge their phones. Mm -hmm. So not, not only do you have to worry about charging your phone, you have to right. worry about charging your magic band throughout the day, too. Right. That might be a little little much for, yeah. for most people. So, you know, obviously we'll get to kind of see firsthand because, spoiler, we're actually going Yeah, we'll be down school. there this summer, so. We will be down there uh, towards the end of August. Right. Uh, last minute kind of decision to. So we'll, we'll have a review of that yeah. and, and all things Disney when we come yeah, back. Yeah, we are. We did decide to try Genie Plus. Uh, for for two of the days that we're going into the park, so this could be the trip that completely turns me off from Disney. That's that's one possibility. <laughs> so, and honestly, I wasn't even expecting to, to to go at all this year. I figured if we were going, it was going to be sometime next year. So, well, surprise, surprise. So more more in depth. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a we'll have a deeper report on these, and they haven't even officially launched yet either. So right. Still so in, in testing. Right. So, so we'll we'll, see how, we'll see how this goes, and if and I'll we... bet you one of the biggest concerns that they do have is the charge time on these. Right. So right. they're probably doing some full day tests on these mm -hmm. right now. Right. So and maybe by the time we get down there, you know, we'll get one and see. But the nice thing was, you know, when I was going through our reservation, it still has. All of our yeah. magic bands linked, so we just have to make sure to, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we have some of them well, with I'm us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edge on the side of this is Disney, so this is probably just another money grab. Yeah, so yeah, I'm until sure they, until they prove otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for our Disney detective. We'll be right back with our tales from the edge of the galaxy. seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. 
visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Star Wars and industrial light and magic have gone hand-in-hand for nearly 50 years. Founded by George Lucas in 1975, the visual effects company set the standard for what visual effects were to be from that point forward. ILM made Star Wars. It defined what Star Wars was. They took us to that galaxy far, far away with thousands of breathtaking shots. They also allowed George Lucas's vision to be realized. ILM was so prolific in the movie-making business since its inception that it's had its hand in countless movies, many of which audiences aren't even aware of. Throughout the history of Industrial Light and Magic, they defined the standard by pushing the envelope repeatedly. It all started with the original Star Wars. Special effects to bring Lucas's vision to life didn't exist at the time. ILM literally wrote the book on it as they made the movie. While the special effects didn't make the movie, they were instrumental in generating that illusion that let audiences suspend disbelief in a way they were never able to before. ILM has continued to that pioneering spirit through the decades. The first CGI used in movies was done by ILM. They continued their groundbreaking work on Mandalorian with their revolutionary new way to shoot on a soundstage with the volume. The digital recreation of young Luke Skywalker brought movie-making technology leaps and bounds further into the future. For ILM, nothing was or is impossible, or there are no boundaries except their own imagination. While the product of their work has been nothing short of spectacular, the science and engineering to achieve that work is equally amazing. Fortunately, a new docuseries is coming to Disney Plus that will give us a peek behind the curtain at how some of this magic is made and what we can expect to see in the future. Set to debut on the streaming platform on July 27th, fans are expected to get a first look at the series at Star Wars Celebration this coming May. A detailed dive into the incredible science of movie making that ILM is creating is long overdue. So whether you're a fan of Star Wars or just a fan of filmmaking, this series is sure to have something to offer everyone. Lawrence Kaddish, the famed Star Wars screenwriter, is helming the project and is the perfect choice for the role given his storied history with the Lucas family. Working with Ron Howard and several masters from ILM, the new series entitled Light and Magic will be as epic as the creations that the ILM team have given us over the years. Presented by a surprise panel at Star Wars Celebration later this month, we can expect filmmakers to give us a deep dive into the ILM history. We're still waiting on a trailer for the show, but I'm sure it will drop sometime around Celebration, if not sooner. The panel is scheduled to open the convention on Friday and will likely steal the show. Its in-depth events, um, in its (laughs) depth-depth events like this, that look to inspire tomorrow's generation of filmmakers.
exploring the company's past with current projects and technologies and giving us a peek of the future of filmmaking. This is sure to be a must-watch event of the year. And if nothing else, Disney Plus has done a fantastic job in the documentaries that they've done. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of which is the Boba Fett one we still have to watch. Yeah, to I, watch. I think we actually have a few different uh Well, yeah, because they continue with a couple ones. of the other series with new episodes. Yeah, yeah. We need to spend like a week just watching all of the different documentaries. Yeah. Well, and they did an ILM documentary I want to say back in the 90s okay. when, when they relaunched uh, they re-released uh Star Wars on CD. Oh, and can you imagine how much more yeah. you know between then and now and that's how the thing. Like you've changed much bigger from they've so gotten. many and they still do practical effects, but so much of the practical effects blend it with the digital effects mm -hmm. now. Um, like they mentioned in the research about the volume, like mm -hmm. just the effect that you get. And not even, I'm just talking from what the audience digests in mm -hmm. that is the realism that you get from having this yeah. digital soundstage. Uh, but when we were watching the documentary on Mandalorian, uh, Carl Weathers is talking about how how helpful and how useful it is, how mm -hmm. realistic it is for the actors now. Right. Where you can shoot on a soundstage and instead of, you know, um, interacting with a, a puppet or a, a stand in a proxy on stage, you're interacting with something that's literally there. Right. Or instead of having like the green screen, because that was right. the, the, the big thing with the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, when you saw anything from behind the scenes, they were basically on a green soundstage. There was nothing right. Everything was composed with digital. And and they talk about the one episode in, in The Mandalorian, the season one finale, where they're on the lava river. Mm -hmm. And they're stationary in this boat on the floor. Mm -hmm. But because of the effect of the volume, he said he started getting motion sick because it was that realistic. Wow. And it's one of those things where it's just the technology itself isn't there just for the audience anymore. Right, right. Um, you know, we saw prior to, to ILM, you had like, you know, Ray Harryhausen was yes. was the king of special effects mm -hmm. and miniatures and everything. Yeah. And that elevated movie making to a level we hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. uh, but what ILM does now is just incredible. Yeah. And they do. They really set the standard for it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not just the Star Wars movies or Disney. Any movie that has any sort of special effects, if you sit and watch the credits. Sit through the credits. ILM is mentioned like and ninety sound too. Yeah, ninety yeah. percent of the time, yeah. the two of them, you know, basically make almost every movie you know yeah. out the, there. These the days. original computer graphics that were featured in the Abyss were mm -hmm. ILM before anyone had ever thought of doing anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, animating water. Right. How do you animate water? And they figured out how to do it. Yeah. You know the the liquid metal uh, features from uh, Terminator, Terminator. 2. Mm -hmm. That was ILM. Like all the amazing stuff that wow you at the theater mm -hmm. is ILM. And then everyone else comes in and just reuses those techniques yeah. over and over. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. I think mm -hmm. this is going to be a great series to to watch. It didn't say how many, how many episodes it was going to be, but I suspect it's going to be one of those ones where they're going to drop, you know, a block a of episodes yeah. and then you might see them come back with, with more feeding. Yeah. Into that I could series. see that. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, that was it for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, and we'll be back in a minute with our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. 
Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com on the web at insightsintothings.com. So our first uh, attempt to go to the movie theater since 2019, and we chose to end our exile with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if by madness they mean confusion, then the title is spot on. This movie was a hot mess from start to finish in ways that I can't even begin to make sense of. The title character, who's supposed to go on a journey of self-reflection as he sees his many selves across the multiverse, ends up somehow being less developed in the end than he started. How that's even possible, I don't know. We see another familiar character, Evolved, in the quint into the quintessential evil villain in the first 10 minutes of the movie, eliminating any sense of surprise or suspense. It was almost like Kylo Ren taking his mask off in the first five minutes of the, of the first tr uh, sequel movie. It, it like killed the whole thing. Uh, a villain, I might add, that we're supposed to feel sympathetic towards by the end of the movie, despite the fact that the character has once again fallen into the same foibles they've delved into in the past. You have cameos galore, and ultimately, within the first few minutes of those cameos, the unnecessarily brutal deaths of those characters, all of which amount to nothing because it happens in a different universe. On top of this, the entire movie is smothered under so much CGI, it's like a scoop of mashed potatoes with a gallon of gravy on top. Just way too much CGI, and it shows in the actors' performances. In the end, I'm left scratching my head wondering what was the point of the movie, where did it take the overall MCU story, where does it go from here, and ultimately I'm left wanting. You know, we had just talked about uh, CGI and how it enhances it and using the volume and all that stuff, and clearly they did all this stuff on a green screen because the actor's portrayal of so much stuff that's happening on the screen around them is so muted because it's on a green screen. And you can tell when you have too much CGI because on the screen when you're watching this, you have all kinds of crazy stuff happening and you have an actor focusing on one point. And it it, it, it really detracts from it. What are, what are your thoughts? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> but... But I think it it had to use CGI because, again, with all of these places that they were going, I don't know if you could have done it in a practical way. 
So. Well, no, I agree with that. But that's where something like the volume comes into play. Right. And I'm surprised it gives that. gives you something to, as a frame of reference. Yeah. Yeah. I could have, I could have seen that. And, and. I'm trying not to say anything that doesn't spoil anything. Yes, it it did kind of, you know, leave your head scratching at the end. Okay, what what was the point? But it almost seems like you have to watch the next one to understand what the ramifications of everything that happened in this movie were. Okay, I'll buy that. So I think this was by far the darkest MCU movie Absolutely. that we've seen. And I think it was unnecessarily so. You know, the darkness in this movie was an undoubtedly a trademark of, of the director, Sam Raimi. But it didn't add anything to the movie to help the movie or the plot along or make you feel anything. And yes, as shown in the preview, there is a zombie in the movie. Why? I'm not really sure why. The plot didn't really call for it. There were easily ways to work around it. What got me was they telegraphed it so poorly early in the movie that there was like no aha moment where, oh, that makes sense. That's why we would do something like that. What do you think? Do you think it was dark? Oh, it was definitely dark. It was probably one of the most uh, dark uh, MCU movies that they've they've had almost more so a horror movie in a lot of cases there were a lot of jump scenes that normally uh the MCU isn't known for um not i wouldn't say it was as dark as a lot of the DC movies have been in that respect cuz DC tends to be very dark and very brooding gothic and, and yeah. gothic so it wasn't that kind of dark it was just not your happy like guardians of the galaxy um you know even endgame has some some moments but wasn't you know there's there's no horror aspect to it you know did the, so did that darkness add to the to the movie did it enhance it was it necessary to to get the point of the movie across i don't know in some respects I, I I didn't mind it. You know, I didn't know. I, I'm the type of person, I don't want to read about a movie beforehand. I don't want to see too many spoilers. I don't want to see too many commercials You're or trailers. Me, right. Because I want to go and be entertained and be surprised and not know what's going to happen. Where you read the synopsis so you know everything that's going to happen from start to finish. And that's why if you ever tell me about anything i will immediately <laughs> divorce you and we already have that written thing like don't tell me that was in our prenup <laughs> that was in our prenup so don't tell me because i want to be surprised so i think for me it kind of added to the adventure like okay this is kind of maddening this is kind of dark and you know because because dr strange his whole story is kind of weird and twisted and sure you know so it in some respects it, you know like if they had done this with like captain america it totally wouldn't work right um you know but with dr strange he kind of has that um you know and there were these you know little tie-ins from like what if and you know and okay well, okay and that's a good point let's run with that so they had tie-ins to these one-off series mm -hmm. on disney plus right do 
does does the movie work without those? Because not everybody watched those. I have two people at work who are MCU fans who didn't watch those series. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where you you have to know about them yeah. to understand. Well, what wh- where who? At least one of the characters who shows up makes right. no sense if you didn't watch What If. Right, exactly. It'd be like, who are you, and how do? You? Whereas if you watch What If, then you go, hey. I remember you right. or even you know the the other series that uh, was on Disney plus you kind of need to watch that to understand right. you know and this is almost where not to you know with with Star Wars with the new trilogies Absolutely. so where much of it happened outside of the movie so much of it happened outside where you kind of go where did the first order yeah. come from huh where if they had had, Disney Plus to do these little yep. shows. Well, and they still even haven't done it on Disney Plus. Right, which but that's blows what I'm my mind. and that's what I'm saying is like at least with the MCU, they did kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah. So they didn't necessarily say you had to watch them, but if you did watch those shows, you'd have a right. better understanding of, you know, and then of course the third MCU show that you thought maybe possibly was going to have some sort of tie in. They... Oh, and I'll, I'll cut that one off in, in the end. Here. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of deaths. Yep. And those deaths tend to be very graphic. So when we were walking in, there was a father coming in with two kids, probably six, seven years old, mm. somewhere in that range, excited because they're going to see Dr. Strange. That's not the movie that I would have that age group go see. Yeah. This was not your your Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, a little bit of bad language, but overall it's a it's a good movie for kids. Right. This was really graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, not only was it dark, but it was graphic. Yeah. In what yeah. they were not nudity graphic, but violent graphic. Right, right. Much more so than than you see in Disney movies. Right. So I'm kind of surprised that Disney allowed a lot of that stuff to happen in there. Right, with a PG-13 yeah. rating. So um, There were fight scenes. There mm-hmm. were lots and lots of fight scenes. There were so many fight scenes that by the end of the movie, there was just this fatigue of fight scenes. Um, and we wind up getting what I want to call the Sorcerer's Apprentice fight. <laughs> that which was... It was like they got to the end of the movie there and they were like, oh, you know, we got another fight scene. We need to do something interesting. All right, uh, let's do this. And it was just so off the wall the way that they did it. Yeah. Um, And you'll know the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene when you get there in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a unique way of doing it. But by that point in the movie, I was just so exhausted from all the fights, Mm. you know, that I didn't. I didn't want to see another fight. I kind of just wanted to let's move the plot along. Like it, it seemed like we were getting bogged down in these fight scenes, and the plot wasn't moving fast enough. Okay. Um. So overall, the the one thing that I walked away with from this was that it made Thanos look like he was insignificant. You have one person who literally tears through the equivalent of the Avengers within ten minutes. When it took the Avengers, you know, two movies to beat Thanos, I, it just made Thanos seem insignificant. Like, I know you kind of have to build the next villain up and you have to have the next big villain for the next phase of the thing. But, you, like, 
this person who was the bad guy here could have torn Thanos, could have literally torn Thanos into pieces, into ribbons. Mm. So it kind of detracts from the accomplishments we've seen already in the MCU. I don't know, because Thanos killed a whole lot more people, but, you know, did it in a snap. But he only did that because he had the glove. Right. Because he wasn't all but that powerful without it. Every time someone fought Thanos, they lost. Thanos beat the Hulk up. Thanos beat Thor up. Thanos beat everybody up. Right. But Thanos didn't... Well, yeah, he didn't kill him. He just beat him up. Right. But could Thanos have killed them? And I think he, he could have. Why didn't he, though? Because he had to snap his fingers and it, let fate judge them. Because mm, that was really... Know. It just seemed like you were. we had this, this I don't know, eight-movie build-up to Thanos to being this really bad guy who right. destroy the universe. And and then we have this one person here who literally could have just torn him apart. Mm. Kind of waiting in the wings, maybe? Maybe. Mm. And then we're left, obviously, with questions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions that come out of this. Uh, one thing we learned, and this is where our mild spoilers come into play, just for the... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Uh, so we see in Spider-Man No Way Home that different Spider-Men that come from different universes are played by different actors. It seems like every iteration of Doctor Strange is played by the same person. Is that unusual? It seems like all the characters associated with Doctor Strange are played by the same person. Is Doctor Strange's universe somehow tidally locked where Spider-Man's isn't? Then we're introduced to a new character here, which they talk about in the trailer, so I'm not afraid to mention uh, this character and and their abilities and stuff. But there seems to be only one version of this new character across all the multiverses. Is that an effect of their power? Is that in spite of their power? And what is this person? Are they a mutant? An alien? An inhuman? What are they that gave them this power that they're described as? Mm-hmm. And then is there really a universe where Wong is chased by angry clowns? <laughs> you'll you'll see that in the in the it's a briefly mentioned in there. Um, but you know, the question begs to be asked, is that the next Disney Plus spinoff that we're gonna get, the next series? Wong and, and Wong the, and the Clowns. <laughs> Wong and the Clowns. Hmm. Uh, are there versions of heroes we see on Earth 818 in one of the alternate universes? Are they also on Earth 616, which is the canning universe that, that we technically live in? Mm-hmm. If so, are they played by the same actors? Can we expect to see some of these faces show up again in later Marvel films? And where are the Avengers when someone's tearing apart the multiverse? Do they only respond to threats from Earth? What are they, Union now or something? Do they not show up anymore? Well, and that was something that Maddie and I were talking about. And I said, well, you know, Spider-Man is, you know, always in New York City. Because he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Right. You know, depending on where things are, maybe in some alternate universe, somebody's out in California. And maybe, you know, they don't have, they don't know that something's going on someplace else because maybe they're dealing with something else out in California or in Canada or Mexico or somewhere in I Europe. No, when when aliens opened a portal over New York, all the Avengers showed up. Now we've got monsters showing up on the street of New York. You'd think some news outlet would pick it up. And the but Doctor Strange assembled. wasn't there. Was he not? Con- had he not become part of? Well, you he know? was. He got. He was he was at the sanctuary. Was he? Yeah. 
because he woke up from a nightmare. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so. where was Ant Man? Where was you know? He... Exactly. They're the Avengers. Where were they? Right. Were they on vacation. That. That's where my question okay. comes in. Uh, and finally, here's the biggest spoiler that we're going to talk about here. So we learn of a new villain at the end of the Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. He is billed to be the big bad guy for this new phase of uh, the MCU. Mm -hmm. He's already tied to multi-universes, so he's a right. multiversal kind of guy. Everyone thought he was going to show up here, and he doesn't. Right. Which left me feeling, where did this film go? It didn't take us anywhere. Where was this guy at? And I'm not even, even going to mention his name because I know you're going to yell at me for spoilers. No. That's fine. Kang the Conqueror. Where oh, was, my God. You spoiled it. Where was Kang the Conqueror? He doesn't even get an honorable mention here. And that kind of disappointed me because... You know, as we led through all that stuff with Thanos, Thanos was making appearances in post-credit scenes right. and stuff like that. And, right. And it was all adding up. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. So from my perspective, and I'm sure you're going to disagree, the movie was a mess from start to finish. And I'm kind of disappointed that my first venture to the movies after the pandemic was this. This is one of those ones I think I could have safely waited to see on Disney+. Plus. What's your conclusion? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously Doctor Strange isn't one of my favorites from, you know, the MCU. Uh, and and that's the whole thing is I'm I'm not like a purist. I never read any of the comics, so the only way I'm learning about these various characters is obviously from the shows, the movies, right. and whatnot. So I'm just kind of like going along for the ride. I'm, oh, okay, this is who this is. So I, there's nothing for me to be disappointed with. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, I was very excited with one of the cameos. Yes. Brief as it may Brief been. as it was. And traumatic as it as it <laughs> traumatic as but it was nice to see that character in Which means we might see more of that character, which would be awesome. Right. You know, it, it's a, a character who who she happens to be my favorite MCU character. You even have a couple of pops. You got uh, there, one behind yeah, you she's, there. She's, she's kind of over there she's and kind of she's over there. over there and and um so for you know, it was one of those when, you know, her, she came out in the beginning and kind of went away. It was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, but she, she was there at least. And then all of a sudden, you know, she kind of came back. And even though she was only in cartoon form, it was still kind of cool. So to see her actually in the flesh was yeah. like... And we love the actress that plays. Absolutely. Awesome. So, so there's my spoiler. Um, you know, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. It was Captain Carter. Um, so that kind of was like, all right, there's hope that yeah, maybe she might. And in all fairness, she does show up in the uh, or a sign of her shows up in the trailer. Right. So right. It's not too much of a spoiler. Right. And so I kind of knew because when we watched the trailer, I did pause and I yeah. was like. <gasps> Yep. So, of course, when she finally did, you know, come out, I was like, ah! and then, of course, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much sums it up. <laughs> All right. So 
give me a give me a one out of five stars. Five being the best. Uh, a four. See, and I would have given it a three. You know, I don't I don't think it was terrible. Uh, I think as a standalone movie, it was it was acceptable. Mm-hmm. I think as a part of the overall MCU theme. I'm still left scratching my head. Right. It, it definitely, when you look at the overall MCU, it it does kind of, but like, I think the Eternals is worse. Oh, it was. It was It was terrible. You know, where that made no sense. It, that was a total standalone yeah. movie. There were no characters from anywhere. Oh, and it wasn't a very good movie either. Well, yeah, and that too. At least with... You know, most of the others, there's some thread of somebody yeah. that, you yeah, know, brings you along. carried through in this one. Right, me. right. So anyway, that was our review. Uh, I think next week we'll probably do a hodgepodge of reviews because we have a couple things to talk about. We have to talk about the new Doctor Who that was announced. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about uh, Picard Season 2. Yes. And we have to talk about our new Strange New Worlds that we've started yes. watching. So we'll, we'll put those into a segment mm-hmm. for entertainment next week and talk about all three of those. Yep. Uh, but before we do go, uh, I want to once again uh, invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You can find audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Entertainment. You can find video versions of this uh, and all of our podcasts, both video and audio, listed as Insights into Things. And we're available on Pandora, Castro, Stitcher, Podbean, Buzzsprout, any place you can get a podcast. Uh, we'd also love to hear your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash insights underscore things. Audio versions of this podcast can be found on the web at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash insightsintothingspodcast. High-res versions of the video can be found on YouTube at youtube.com slash insightsintothings. You can find us on Instagram at Instagram dot com backslash insights into things we do stream five days a week on twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things and you can also go to our official website for links to everything and anything and that is insights into things.com that's it another one in the books have a good week everyone bye bye